Greetings and welcome to episode 1.8 of my podcast. It is April the 6th in 2020. I hope that this week finds you well and healthy. I took a few days off from my podcast to give both myself and listeners a small break. And I spent the weekend doing my own creative stuff, especially pushing forward my music writing some new music, as well as continuing to work on my system, which I started to create for myself when I was in Paris. I lived in Paris for a while, a few years ago, and that's where I started to really get systematic about my composing, because I realized that I needed to create something that would let me create music on a daily basis, or whenever I would want. I wanted to be more productive. And I continue to build that system every time I work on some more music. And maybe I'll talk some more about that system later. But for now, I wanted to just cover several different topics in this episode. This is day 11 of my 14-day quarantine. So Thursday is the last of the days, meaning that by Friday... I'll be again free to move around and go to stores here and so on. Of course, it doesn't mean that the risk is over, but I'll have fulfilled the requirement of staying in self-quarantine for 14 days after returning home from abroad. I mentioned in an earlier podcast that I'm doing something that, for lack of a better term, I have started thinking of as my odyssey, through the history of recorded music. And that's something I started to do when I got really serious about learning more about music and wanting to start creating some of my own. What I mean by the Odyssey is that there is this magazine being published in the UK to this day called The Gramophone, or just Gramophone. It has alternated between having or not having the definite article. It started publication in 1923 and has continued to this day. And even though today it only covers classical music, for the first several decades of its existence it covered all types of recorded music. So it is a great general guide to all types of music published in those decades when it covered every kind of music. So a few years ago, I started going through all of these issues. The number of issues hit 1,000 some years ago. I forget when exactly. I started going through them because there is a digital archive, very affordable, that gives you access to all the back issues. The earliest issues don't have all the advertisements, the advertising pages. Fortunately, the later ones do. With that and Spotify, which is of course a great resource for music from all ages, I started widening my education even further. By that point, my musical tastes were already quite diverse because over the years I had gotten interested in ever more different types of music. In the 80s, I already started hearing all kinds of music from many different places. TV, computer games, films, just music by itself. 
and many other sources, of course. In the late 90s, I played a computer game series called Atlantis, a French computer game series of adventure games. It featured very high quality, actually recorded music featuring instruments from all over the world. The first game had a soundtrack by Pierre Esteve and Stefan Pick, and the second one was all by Pierre Esteve. And Pierre also returned for one of the later games in the series. That was my big exposure to the sounds of different cultures. So that really opened up a whole new world for me. And then it was only a few years after that when my interest in classical music, which had existed all along, but I hadn't really delved into it, that's when it really became something for me that I wanted to jump into. I went on eBay and I purchased a complete collection of BBC Music Magazine, like the first 10 volumes from 1992 onward, and it had all the cover CDs which featured full works of classical music, and often very good quality performances. And I started reading, learning more, and I listened through all the CDs, and I have them to this day, and that magazine collection. And then more years passed as I continued to, at that time, focus mainly on my writing. And then, I think it was about six years ago or something, when I realized that actually I want to learn how to do this myself. I had never been fortunate enough to go to music school because where I grew up there weren't any music schools. There was just the regular primary school. And my few experiences with music in a school setting were unfortunately bad ones. We didn't really have a great music teacher at any point when I was in school. To cut a long story short, it was only then, those maybe six years ago, when it just became irresistible. But that's all I think I want to say about this topic today. I'm aiming to make these episodes fairly short to be able to do more of them, and also to keep them nice and concise, with some exceptions, depending on the day, of course, and what I feel like talking about. But speaking of the Gramophone magazine, just the other day I was reading the issue from March 1943, when of course the Second World War was still very much going, and that was when they first mentioned Samuel Barber's Adagio for Strings which is a very famous piece and it's been used in many films and all kinds of places at this point in time. So there's a good chance that everyone listening to this has heard it at some point. I'm mentioning this also because I came across an interesting podcast that you can listen to and or download yourself. It features directors Oliver Stone and David Lynch discussing their use of that piece of music in their films because both of them used it in a prominent way in their films. David Lynch did it first. He featured it in his first non-independent film, The Elephant Man, in the final sequence, which is extremely beautiful and extremely touching And if somebody can get through this film and that scene in particular without feeling 
more than a little moved, then there might be something really wrong. In this podcast I came across, or this piece of radio, it's a national public radio recording from the early 2000s, and in that, both directors comment on their use of that piece. Oliver Stone used it in his 1980s war film Platoon as apparently kind of a theme tune. I haven't seen that film, and if you want to hear David Lynch's take on this and Oliver Stone's, they both comment on how they came to use that piece of music for their films, and also they comment on the fact that it appeared in both of their films. You can find this national public radio recording if you Google NPR 100, Barber, Adagio for Strings, and David Lynch. It's a recording from March of 2000. And just yesterday I was reading the issue from April 1943, and that's the first time they mention the song As Time Goes By from the film Casablanca, which was filmed the year before, in 1942. Back then, it used to be the case that once a new song became popular, many bands, especially dance bands, used to make their own recordings. So I'm now listening to the first recordings that came out of this song. It wasn't the case like today that there's first one specific performance that, for example, appears in the film that that comes out with a soundtrack or as a single, and then only later others do cover versions. Back then, in the 1940s, it was still the case that the official version would come out after all these competitors. Of course, that's a great bonus because if it's a good song, you can find many different renditions of it, and often there are many good versions in addition to the original one. I'll end this episode by quoting from a soldier who was fighting in the Second World War and stationed in India. Somebody quoted this soldier in this issue of Gramophone. To me, this is another reminder of how even though many of us are feeling anxious and worried, with good reason, of course, we still have many things so much better than, for example, at the time of the Second World War, when people didn't have a choice about these things. They couldn't affect what they were forced to do or what they had to experience. Even if they were fortunate enough to stay at home in England, in this case, because the magazine is English, the Germans were still bombing London and other places in England. Nobody was safe then either. But the quote from this letter from this soldier, who had not even had access to a radio for a long time, it was called wireless in those days, feeling particularly despondent and hearing a gramophone spilling out good music, I invited myself into one of my officers' tents where I could listen better to and in quietude and full appreciation of Mozart's serenade, Eine kleine Nachtmusik. True, only the first two movements of same, and that with a piece knocked from the record, but not sufficient to destroy the hurtful beauty of such perennially fresh music. He continues, I do think 
Yes, I do know that beauty, whether in scene or sound, can be extremely hurtful, but as it hurts, it, at one and the same time, mollifies and heals. I feel better for having heard this great music, rendered by what was once a great orchestra. We today have almost all the music of the world that we can access at the touch of a button or a tap of a touch screen. That doesn't mean, of course, that tragedies aren't happening, because they are. And this still needs to be taken seriously, the thing we are going through now, all over the world. But it's also good to maintain perspective and to remain hopeful and appreciate, of course, the things we do have and the things we will have again. I wish you a very good week. I hope you will remain healthy and well and take care of yourself and your loved ones. Good night.